his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Brian Walker, President and CEO, Kansas Food Bank. Welcome to Issues 2019. Hey, thanks for having me this morning, Steve. Let's, let's start with the basics. What is the Kansas Food Bank? You know, Kansas Food Bank, we are the largest hunger relief organization that's based in the state of Kansas. Um, we provide food um, through a number of different hunger relief partners. So we work with schools, health departments, your church food pantry, soup kitchens, places where folks can go. Um, that just need help with food. They're food insecure and they don't, um, their dollars don't stretch far enough to have a nutritious meal on the table all the time. Do you serve the entire state? We serve 85 counties of the state of Kansas. So if you look at the northeast corner, that's served by a sister food bank out of Kansas City, Missouri called Harvesters. But, but we have the rest of the state. Um, you know, we, have the, we have the rough 85 counties. There's not a lar- lot of large population in the rural parts of the state. But you know, folks in, in the rural parts of the state are just important, and their hunger needs are just as important as those that live in urban areas. How many people are actually impacted by your services in a year? You know, we serve about 22,000, I believe it is, meals a month, um, uh, excuse me, a week to folks that need it, um, you know, through a, a variety of different um, places. You know, it could be children in school or, or seniors or families that are just struggling. Um, so our goal is just to make sure that, that folks have the food that they need. Is the, we're talking about the warehouse for a minute. The warehouse, is, is the one in Wichita, is that the only one? It, it, I mean, it's our main one. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's our large one. We have a smaller one in Independence, Kansas, that kind of works as a cross-docking facility. You know, the southeast Kansas part, southeast part of Kansas is, is really pretty food insecure, and, and so we have a small warehouse down there that helps us serve um, that corner of the state. So overall, the rest of the food comes out of Wichita and gets um, delivered um, throughout the state. When you talk about when you've used the term food insecure a couple of times, what exactly does that mean, Brian? You know, so food insecurity doesn't mean that people are hungry every day. But what it does mean is that, at, you know, at some point, the folks don't have enough money to put a nutritious meal on their table and they have to they need help with food assistance. So whether again, that's going to a food pantry or soup kitchen um, to make sure they have food to eat that night. Now, give us an idea of uh, the size and shape of the hunger problem in the U.S. I imagine you've got some uh, some pretty good statistics. Yeah, so, you know, hunger in Kansas um, is a little bit higher than the, the national average. Um, you know, the national average overall, there's about 12.5% uh, of the population that's food insecure. In Kansas, it's 12.7%, so, you know, it's a little bit higher. But here in Sedgwick County, it's, it's 13.8% of the population, and that's, you know, that's overall. And a uh, the percentage of that, 34% of those folks that are food insecure, or about um, um, about 23,000 of those here in Sedgwick County, don't apply, don't um, are not eligible for other services. So they're not eligible for food stamps or WIC, those kind of things. So those are the folks that really rely on the efforts of the not-for-profit sector to to meet their food needs. Now the scarier part of that is children. It's roughly about um, one in five Kansas children that are food insecure. And so, um, again, here in in Wichita, that's about 26,000 children, and about 8,500 of those don't qualify for 
other services again like SNAP, um, free and reduced lunch at school. And so although all those folks are relying on the food bank at some point during the year, those folks that don't uh, are not eligible for those other services are the ones that really need the services of the Kansas Food Bank. Now, how long have you been with the Kansas Food Bank? You know, I've been at the Kansas, it'll be 23 years in January. So I, I started at the food bank. Um, I came out of the grocery business. Um, and I just, you know, I have one of the best jobs in the in the state, you know, I get to wake up every day. I go to work with a great, dedicated staff who want to make sure people have food on the table. And and every day, we know that um, you know we've helped to change somebody's life um, through the help of all the folks that support the food bank. When you were talking about the you were in the food grocery was this grocery business, wasn't it? Yes. And when you were doing that, was there something that you saw or uh, some opinion you came to that that kind of triggered you to, into going into a nonprofit type situation? You know, actually not. You know, I knew the food bank existed from working in um, working in the grocery stores here in town, but the opportunity just arose to go to work for the food bank. And um, I took that, uh, like I said, 23 years ago, and it's um, it's been the best decision I've ever made. I believe most of our staff feel that way. You know, we have a staff that's been, you know, guys have been along, um, around a lot longer than I have. And so, it's just it just makes you feel good. Although everything everybody does is is heartwarming to us. It's, we know that we get to help somebody. Did you start there as CEO? No, I started as an operations manager. Okay, and I've been CEO now. Boy, it's been probably fifteen years okay. or so, a little longer than that. Um, I've been CEO of the organization. How many how many employees do you have? You know, right now we're at about twenty six um, employees. Most of those are drivers, right? So we pick up food at all the retail outlets here in Wichita. So if you think of any place that you buy groceries, uh, we will pick up food from them, whether it's um, dry goods or it's produce or it's meat, you know, all that stuff that's still good, but it may not be good enough to be on their shelves. Um, they'll donate that to the food bank, and then we'll distribute that through our, our partners here in Wichita, like, let's say, like the Lord's Diner, your church food pantry. So most of those guys are drivers, and then, um, you know, order fillers, because we fill every agency's order, um, so most of it, you know, most of um, what we do is operations driven. Uh-huh. So they all have a hand in putting food on the table. So that perishable uh, food, that's where I'm getting a little scary about that. It was everything, you know, like the meat and so forth, it's going to be okay though. Yeah, you bet. So they freeze it and then we pick it up in refrigerated trucks. And, and because of rules that these companies have, we check temperatures, we make sure everything is, is okay. And, and it's all really good product. Yeah. Um, and it's nutritious product and it, and it just helps feed people where, you know, a number of years ago, this most of this product would have just gone to the dumpster, the dumpster and, and yeah. now it's going to good work. Good idea. How many volunteers do you have? You know, we have over 500 or <laughs> 5,000 volunteers. Wow, really? Yes. Um, wow. And the great thing is, is we, about two months ago, we just opened our new um, Sunderland Volunteer Center. So we added 21,000 square foot onto the back of our current facility where all the volunteer work was being done in the warehouse itself. Now we have dedicated volunteer space um, for them to work. It's, it's climate controlled, so it's not 100 degrees and it's not 20 degrees in the wintertime. And it, you know, food banking has just changed so much since you know, we built this building that we're in now 13 years ago. It takes a lot more bodies to do the things that we're doing. And, and so we're so blessed to have, to have an enormous amount of volunteers to help us um, do that work. What's the location of the warehouse? Where is it? It's 1919 East Douglas here so in Wichita. It's the one I see when I'm driving on the interstate. Yeah, you, do, you drive down the canal out. You can't miss this. It's a great <laughs> location. Uh, we couldn't ask for better um, advertising with our name on the front of that building. And it just it lets people know that we're there um, and that lets them know that we're here to help the community. 
I know that uh, you do some heavy lifting around the holidays. Uh, tell us about your efforts uh, around Thanksgiving. You know, we're we past just, that now, but tell us what, what you what you do. Yeah, you know, so everybody thinks about um, feeding the hungry during the holiday season, and that's good. Um, you know, lots of people help out their charities of their choice during the during the holiday season, and so it just creates um, a lot more good work for us. So, you know, we have companies and individuals doing food drives, collecting food. So we have, um, you know, we have to pick that stuff up and get it delivered. And then, you know, then the agencies that we serve at Christmas and at, and this past Thanksgiving is just like all of us. They want families that are food insecure to be able to sit down, have a nice meal for the holiday. So most of them are are handing out, you know, the complete holiday meal, which means which means more food. And then you're in, in wintertime, right? And so heating bills go up and, and expenses go up and and so we just see we just see an increased need in, in the last few months of the year, and then rolling into to next year. And Christmas is going to be, yeah, it'll busy. be it'll be one of the busiest ones you know we've ever had. Every year we see increases um, in the need and and the amount of food that we're we're putting out the door. And you know we hear lots of things about the economy improving, and it is, and those are good things. And the stock market's at record highs. But what folks need to remember is is that. You know, a lot of the folks we're serving are, are working at a lower wage job, trying to make ends meet, supporting a family. They don't have a 401k, right? And they have a flat tire in their car. Or they have a prescription that they have to buy. Money's tight, so they have to turn somewhere to help with their food needs. And um, so that's what we're there for, right? And so, again, we're, we're, you know, a lot of things look good in the economy, but the folks that we're serving, you know, they have not seen that. And, and um, you know, it's kind of changed over the years. When I started in this business, we were, you know, emergency hunger relief. So people might um, use a pantry once a year, twice a year. Um, But now, you know, more and more folks are relying on the pantries for, um, you know, part of their monthly food need because housing costs are higher, utilities are higher, and they just haven't seen the wages at that part of the job scale go up um, with what the cost of living is going up. It seems you have a, would seem to be you have an excellent position to watch those kinds of things where, you know, the, the, the academics and the politicians may never see that on that level. But you've been there throughout uh, the Great Recession of 2008, watched the economy go up and down. Yeah, and, you know, and you just, I mean, and you know, since I was thinking about this the other day, that there's always seems to be um, something that affects hunger needs. If everything is going fine, then it might be a disaster. It might be a tornado somewhere. It might be a flood. Um, or then the economy starts to roll, so people lose their jobs, and so it 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 you know things kind of go up and down. But what we see is just steady. We see steady growth in distribution of food um, over the years. Now we haven't seen increases like we saw in the Great Recession. You know we were at a, a million pounds of product increase year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still seeing those. Uh, we're not seeing those dramatic increases, but we still are seeing increases in need. You know, and our largest growing sector are our seniors. Um, the percentage of population, the upper highest growing percentage are seniors. And part of that is, is that, you know, folks didn't, you know, expect to live as long as they live now. Um, they've just out, you know, they've outlived their retirements. It costs more to retire than what they thought it was going to. And so we see that, that senior population needing our service uh, increasing every year. How is the Kansas Food Bank uh, funded, Brian? You know, we are a totally privately funded organization. Of course, we work with all the great companies here in Wichita that that support us, and and um, we write a number of grants through foundations, whether they be local foundations or national foundations. And then we rely on a lot of folks that mail us a $25 check, a $50 check, um, and that keeps us going. The great thing about the food bank is folks know that they're 
their money's going to programs. Roughly 97% of every dollar that comes into the food bank goes to programs, so it goes right back into helping those people. Isn't that, isn't that pretty high? I'm not really familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, that is, those are great like, numbers. Food yeah. banks across the country and, and, and us here in Wichita, we have, we have great numbers, and we're proud of those numbers. But part of that is because we have a great volunteer base, right? And if we had to rely on, on staff to do all of those things that volunteers do for us, um, those numbers wouldn't be that good, but they are great numbers, and, and folks can know that their their dollars that they donate to the food bank um, are doing the right thing. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Brian Walker, President and CEO, Kansas Food Bank. Let's talk about some of the food bank's programs and services. Uh, tell us about Community Rewards from Dillon's. What's that about? Yeah, so the Community Rewards program is, you know, in your Dillon's card, you can donate um, that they, uh, or you can stipulate a not-for-profit that you want some dollars to go to when you use your Dillon's card. And so you can um, sign up at, um, with Dillon's as where you want those dollars to go to. When you, so when you swipe your Dillon's card, then that money will go. You know, my bro- bro- brother Jerry was telling me about that, and I've got the Dillon's card, but I don't know how to sign up. I guess I just did a... Yeah, I'm just go to the courtesy booth and and they're at the okay. store and they can help you do that. And it's a, it's a great and easy way to help help not only the food bank but that charity of your choice um, that you want to help out every time you go to Dillon's. Isn't that great? It is. It make it easy, <laughs> you know. And you won't. Uh, people won't even miss it. Okay. What's the mobile hygiene pantry? So we started the mobile hygiene pantry a number of years ago now. That you know, if folks that we're serving um, need food assistance. Um, you know, they probably also need assistance with other hygiene items. You cannot purchase hygiene items if you're on the SNAP program, which is the old uh, food stamp program. You can't purchase shampoos or laundry soap the or deodorant, those yeah. kind of wow. things. Wow. Okay. So once a month, the third Saturday of every month, we use the Lord's Diner facility on South Hillside. They let us use their building. And we put together pre-made sacks of hygiene items. So those things you would think of, toilet paper, laundry soap, dish soap, um, those are ready. They can come get a bag of those items. And then we have choice items. So if they need diapers, razors, um, those kind of things, they can choose those items. It's not meant to get them through the month. It's just to help them to get through the month. So just imagine if, um, you know, you're a family and you're struggling and, you know, you happen to shampoo your hair with dish soap or you don't have, you know, I put soap on every morning when I shave and, you know, those kind of things that, that most folks don't think about that people need yeah. um, for everyday life. And so it's just a way for us to do a little more to help folks. Now, do you have a new volunteer center? We do have. Uh, Tell me about that. It's the Sunderland Volunteer Center. Is that the thing you were talking about earlier? Yeah, I okay. just spoke about it. We just opened it. It's a great facility. It allows us to accommodate more volunteers. Um, it, it keeps them, not that we don't like people in the warehouse, but it keeps them in their own place. Um, it's actually more efficient for us. It takes us less staff to work with volunteers now than in the past. We were very blessed with it. We had a $5 million capital campaign, and um, we raised the money to do that. And it's just um, it's just fantastic. We use it for other things. Um, other smaller not-for-profits can have meetings in our, our meeting room if they don't have space. And, um, you know, so we've actually had, you know, having, even this weekend coming up, we'll have we will have over 100 people in there working at one time, and it, it just allows us to connect more people to what we do, and then it also allows people that want to give back the opportunity to do that. You know, this show, is I've been doing this show for 20 years, and, and uh, I have people on every week, such as yourself, who are working in nonprofits and so forth, and the story I hear every week is uh, the importance of volunteers in your work. Yeah, you know, Wichita and Kansas, there it's a very given community, and and especially, you know, more so, you know, we hear the term millennials a lot. 
um, and good and bad about millennials. Yeah. But what we do know about millennials is is they like to touch, right? They like to touch what they're doing. So they like to give of their time. They like to volunteer. And so, and they like it to be meaningful work. And so this, this gives us the opportunity to provide that. We need them and they want, and they want to give back. And so it, it just, it just, it makes it great for both parties. Talk about uh, stocking pantries. What does that mean? You know, so basically stocking pantries is, is what food banks were, were founded for, right? So our goal at the food bank is we purchase food and we collect donated food from in the community and all across the state. And our goal is make sure it gets to those pantries that are serving folks. So whether you're a pantry in St. Francis, St. Francis, Kansas, or the nor- in the northeast corner, or Pittsburgh in the in or northwest corner, Pittsburgh in the southeast corner, or if you're right here in Wichita, you know they can use the Kansas food banks for their food needs. So when somebody comes to their door asking for food, coming to their food pantry, they have the food they need. So our goal is to get it all together. They order their food from us. We put the orders together and get it to the agencies, and then they can uh, supply it to the individuals that are coming to their pantry. What is uh, food recovery? So food recovery is what we spoke about earlier a little bit. It's it's the food that we pick up at the retail outlets that I said used to go to waste, and yeah. now we put it we put it to good work. Um, and that's more and more of what we do. So donations from that just come from the manufacturing plant or the warehouse, those donations have probably been flat for five years. But where where we have increased is the pickup from retail outlets. So, you know, you, every place you go buy groceries um, here in Wichita, we pick up at those stores three to five times a week. We bring all that food bank, food back to the food bank and put it to good use. What is the Bob Box? So a Bob Box was our first step into, um, into feeding hungry seniors. You know, what we do know is seniors won't always ask for help. And so we came up with an idea that in the western part of the state, we would station food boxes in health departments. So if they identify a senior in need, they can just give them a box of food. The senior doesn't have to ask for it. And so we thought, how do we get seniors to trust us? Well, you know, and I wish it would have been my idea. It wasn't. But, you know, the seniors trust former Senator Dole, right? Bob Dole. Right. Yeah. So we reached out to Senator Dole, and he and he liked the idea. He agreed to help fund the program the first three years. So that um, that program is called a Bob Box. It works really well. The health departments tell us how many they've distributed, and then we just restock them um, that month um, for the month's next need. Most of the seniors that get a box are not um, seniors that get you know a box every month. They just need something to help them get through that month. And what is uh, Kids Eat Free, Brian? Um, I, that's talking about a couple things. Um, so during the summer when, um, school breakfast and lunch is not available, we offer a variety of summer feeding programs. Um, in the more rural parts of the state, we operate those. We are a sponsor for those where, um, we supply food to smaller communities who do not have a summer feeding program where kids can come and get, get food every day of the week when school's not here in session. Here in Wichita, the school district runs a summer feeding program. Um, during the summer, except the last few weeks before school starts. So that's where we'll kick in with, a, um, with some partners from Partners for Wichita, and we open 17 sites where kids can come that last two or three weeks before school starts, and um, they can grab a shelf-stable meal and take it home and eat it. We also run that program uh, during spring break when school's not on, and so kids can have a place to go during spring break to get a meal as well. Tell me about mobile pantries. Have we already already talked about mobile pantries? No, we have not. So mobile pantries have two different kinds of things for us now. When we started mobile pantries, 
It was mostly dry goods. It was, um, you know, a, a community that does not have a fixed base pantry. So we'll put together pre-made bags or boxes of food. We'll add fresh produce to that. We'll go to the community. We'll drop that food. We have volunteers in that community, and they do a just-in-time delivery so that the community doesn't have a place um, for everyday folks to go get food. But So we, we do a mobile pantry there. Folks that are in need, they can come that day, pick up the food. Our driver drops the food. He's off to the next community, and we do it all over again. So that's that's more and more of what we do as we – as we go through the years, what we know are a lot of the agencies that we served are, are serve are face-based. A lot of those folks are getting up there in age, and so when they decide that they can't do it anymore, the next generation doesn't take it over, so the pantries in these smaller communities are closing, and so that's how we're able to keep serving the smaller communities. All right, what have I left out? What if we just, you had a couple notes there. Yeah, you know, there's a couple things we're working on. We know okay. that we've been able to supply, you know, food to individuals that need it. But our goal now is, is to provide more nutritious food. We don't want to be the food police, but what we want to do is we, we want to make sure that we have available to the agency serving um, the folks the most nutritious food possible. So um, for a couple of reasons, we know that a, a large percentage of the folks that we serve struggle with heart disease, high blood pressure. So we want to we wanna make sure we have the foods that are good for their diet. So like no salt canned goods or, or pears or peaches in water. But part of that is fresh produce. There's lots of fresh produce that's readily available to the food bank. Our cost to purchase it is relatively inexpensive. You know, it runs 10 to 12 cents a pound. And so one of the things we've been able to do just over the last five months of this fiscal year We've increased our produce distribution by about 800,000 pounds. So we did about 1.8 million pounds of produce um, the last five months. So we'll do, you know, we were averaging about 3 million pounds a year. So we're hoping to be about 6 million pounds by the end of next year. And what that does is that just gives the clients who are visiting um, our soup kitchens and our pantries the option to choose fresh produce. We know long term that if they if they eat healthy and they take their meds and and they see the doctor that, you know, hopefully we can keep them out of the food line, keep them em- employed, and then they can live a healthy lifestyle for the rest of their lives. So uh, the payoff for you, I know, to get up in the morning, you said you touched on this earlier, but uh, have you always been like that, motivated to, to do good things for other people then? You know, um, boy, I, w- I want to say, yeah, or people go, boy, he's hypocritical. But, <laughs> you know, you didn't, you didn't think about it, right? And so when I started the food bank, you know, I, I, again, I didn't know a lot about it. But, you know, it just hooks you. And I just think that, you know, folks, um, you know, everybody has their passion. And whether that passion is the Kansas Food Bank, and we hope it is, or whether that passion is, some, is, is someplace else, you know, I would just encourage folks to give back, whether you give back with your time uh, and your talents or you give back with your dollars, you know, um, you know, support those charities that are close to your heart and that do and that do good for good people. And again, I, I hope that's the, the food bank. But, you know, and, you know, our main goal is to teach the next generation as well. Teach your children that that it's important for them to, to give back to the community and, and give back to folks that just struggle. Um, you know, a lot of times through no fault of their own. When, uh, this is late in the game for this question. Where are you from? You know, I'm actually I'm from Kansas. I live in Newton. I've lived there most of my life. I, uh, I spent some time out in southwest Kansas, um, right out of school in the grocery business. But um, I've been around the area uh, most of my life. I've raised um, a couple children that are in the area. And both of those kids, I'm happy to say, give back with their, with their time. It was kind of forced to start with, of course. But, 
now that they're older and on their own, they still do it as well. And they've stayed in Kansas. They haven't, they haven't drained. They haven't left. Huh? No, you know, my oldest left for a while, but he's back. It's, you know, Wichita and Kansas is, again, is such a great place to raise a family and, and, uh, it's a great place, um, to live. Wichita is a great community and, and everybody here gives back. We have great corporate citizens in this community and the community is doing great things, um, right now. Hey, thanks for being with us again. We'll have you on in the next uh, few minutes and we'll talk months and we'll talk about this again. Great. I appreciate you being here and uh, happy birthday. Oh, our guest, Brian Walker, president and CEO of the Kansas Food Bank. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.